And before the next episode of the Yalabad podcast, we just want to talk a little bit about folklore, which is the service that you may have heard us talk about before. It's where we take the stories of your loved ones and turn it into a personalized podcast for you. So we have done more than 120 folklories with people from around the world. Uh, and one question we still get a lot is what actually happens during a folklory recording? Right, Terence, do you get the question? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, you've heard us talk about folklory so many times. But what are the actual questions that, you know, or, or what are the conversations that happen within folklories? Uh? I think yeah. that's something we want to talk about today, right? Yeah, and I mean, take for example, you know, if someone wants to get a folklory for a parent, right? Um, what's 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 like one question that's your superpower question, parents, that you would ask like a child that would like you know get some good stories out? Hey, talking about asking a child is in he, it's an adult. Who, yeah, adult who's child, the adult child, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not like an eight-year-old child, correct? Yeah, correct. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the main thing I think you know everybody can dig back into memories, um, you know, when they were child something. But I always ask about what is one whether it's a tourist. Uh, to, you know, a tourist trap or one trip or one place that you you went to with your parents as a kid that really left a, a very deep impression on you, Because mm. what what I found over the years is that a lot for a lot of people, the sweetest memories that they have of, of their family of their parents is on some of these trips, uh, Whether they're road trips up Malaysia or they could be you know they fl- flew somewhere really nice and exotic, the first time seeing snow or something, or even just something as simple as. You know, being in Singapore and just going to Sentosa or what. You'd be very surprised by the range of responses we get. And they're always very heartwarming. And I think it's such a treat for any parent when they hear about uh, their child's like favorite memories of their childhood, you know, as a family. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. So, yeah, I know, you know, there, I think there are a lot of things that can be unlocked with folkloreys, similar to situations where, let's say, you're doing a folklory for somebody's partner, right? Mm, mm. Uh, I think, Harish, you know, you've done a few of those. What are some of the questions that you ask to get the conversation started? Yeah, I think I think normally like midway through, I'll just throw this one question out, which always gets some good good stuff. Like it's just a very simple question: How has your partner made you a better person? Um, and and you'll be surprised because it sounds like a very simple question. I think the first time I realized the power of that was someone when someone asked me, and then I got like emo and all. So now when I ask people, uh, it's something that you don't normally say to your partner, or at least you don't record it. So yeah, um, that that that's essentially what we do on Folklory. Like the questions are not rocket science, but it's stuff that if for you, if you ever want to ask, it might be a little awkward. Like I wouldn't imagine asking my mom some questions that I've asked mothers. So that's why you come to us because we yeah. make it easy, we make it less awkward, and we package it into um, a, a personalized podcast just for you. Yeah, Folklory bridging Asian families together yeah, since exactly. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. yeah, since 2020. Yeah. So if all this sounds like something interesting to you, do check us out at folklory.com. That's F-O-L-K-L-O-R-Y.com. I'm sure you'll be able to find something for the loved one, a special Folklory just for them that answers all the questions you ever wanted to ask them. And now, on to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala, your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor, man. Good old humor. Good old humor. Mm. It's midweek, man. Yeah, midweek of the March holiday week. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, probably. A very uh, busy week for a lot of uh, young families, having to take care of the kids and, and work and everything at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, you know, like, as usual, we're here with Yalabad to accompany you. If you're thinking, where can I bring my kids for a meal or, or what else is there? What news is there to complain about uh, when talking to my family and all that? So you're saying that people should stop paying attention to their kids and listen to us? No, that's the beauty of podcasts, right? You can... Listen uh, to us while also doing stuff with your kids and all that. Whether it's driving. Oh, really? <laughs> just, yeah. just as long as they're not trying to talk to you. Yeah, you can yeah, play yeah, with yeah. them. Uh, if your kid wants to talk to you, just tell them, guys, I'm uh, listening to something very important. Yeah. I'll be back with you in about an hour. Maybe 45 <laughs> minutes if I if I increase the speed. La. <laughs> no, don't increase the speed. Right. Don't increase the speed. La. Just enjoy, hey. enjoy the moments. Yeah. 
you can do whatever you want, man. No need to increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't need, yeah, so don't need to keep telling people to increase the speed. Just do what I you never want. keep telling. When was the last time? When was the last time I said just uh, increase? You just did. You just okay, did. this. But the last time before that, keep telling implies multiple times of telling. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's... I'm sure it's not. I mean, I think, I think the... Over time, I've also learned to just enjoy the podcasts that I listen to as well, rather than you know, speak through them. Because uh, yeah, the, 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 I think it's in the process of of enjoying the podcast that that's actually a very big part. That uh, you know, I'm not trying to just devour the information. Uh, sometimes it's just hanging mm-hmm. out, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. I I I devour the information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like it's like eating lah. Some people like to eat slow. Some people like to eat fast. I, I think yeah, it's a it's like how you used to think of food as fuel, right? Mm. right? And then after that, when you met your partner and your and and everything, she helped you understand the joys in you know eating slower a bit lah, right? Enjoy yeah, your food yeah, a bit more. Yeah, I also helped her understand the benefit of sometimes don't eat so slow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you must be such a fun person to be around at meals. <laughs> Everybody, I mean, yeah, here's your example of like why Harris is a fun person to hang out with at meals and why you hear me bitching about it so much every time about Tuesday, whether it's Vegetarian Tuesdays or like how I can't just enjoy my hey, drink. Hey, hey. Yeah. hey, hey, sometimes slow, sometimes fast. Huh? I got to mix it up. Huh? When I eat with you, Terrence, you always finish first, no? Actually, yeah, that's true, right? right? That's the irony, right? I yeah. eat, I say that's I enjoy irony. it, but I eat so you fast, eat right? fucking fast, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I inhale my food. Whereas you inhale your podcast and you don't, but you, yeah. you take your time, you take a long time to eat. Uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it sets a good context for our first topic, right? Yes, yes, perfect, actually. The topic of food. But before yeah. that, yes. what would we like to say, Terrence? Yeah, I, I think we've been teasing it for a while. Uh, mm. We talked about the fact that we're going to come forward and finally tell the story of what happened with uh, She's a Terrorist and I Love Her, whether it's on this podcast or on our social media. But uh, but more importantly than that, right, Harish, what else are we mm. putting up? Uh, this week, end of the week, we'll be dropping the trailer for the series. Mm. Um, and this is a series we made back in 2020. If you're first time listening, wondering what the fuck is She's a Terrorist and I Love Her, it's the first comedy series that we uh, ever made. Um, it was our our love child, and we are so proud of it. But we haven't been able to show it for the past three years, mm. Um So in the coming weeks, yeah, we are going to share our story. But starting this this by the end of this week on our MOF Instagram, TikTok, wherever we'll be dropping the series trailer. Mm. Mm. And, just to and show who knows you. what will be coming in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I think we just want to show people uh, just, what, what we did three years ago. Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of people maybe who listen to this podcast who may have. No clue what we're talking about, right? And this yeah, is your yeah, chance exactly. to finally uh, catch up with everyone else and understand what has been going on. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a, it's yeah. our love child. I yes. acted, Terrence directed with a bunch of talented people. Yeah. So yeah, exciting times, exciting, exciting next few weeks. Yeah. But meanwhile, sweet. Yeah. Meanwhile, cool. Shall we jump right yes. into the first topic, which is uh, weighs very heavily on everyone's stomachs, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because this past Monday, fourteenth uh, March, thirteenth uh, March, the Institute of Policy Studies um, dropped uh, a research paper that looked at the prices of hawker of of Singapore food, um, mm. like uh, local food at hawker centers, coffee shops, and food courts, um, and to see whether there was any drastic price increase before and after the GST in. Um, uh, Increase in January 2023. Mm. So, uh, I mean, the headlines that you would probably have seen in the news are along the lines of like, study finds eating out cheapest in Topayo, most expensive in Bishan. Many stalls didn't raise prices after GST hike. Mm. Yeah, That's so right. so they actually broke it down uh, in terms of um, the average breakfast meal, lunch meal, dinner meal. Uh, mm. What are the different items that make up the different meals? Mm. Um, but... But I mean, which you will get into. But when you saw the, these sort of headlines and this this study, the, which is called the Makan Index 2.0, what mm. were your thoughts, Terence? Um, I thought, yeah, it's a very timely study, lah. Because mm. uh, you know everyone's talking about the cost of living, 
Mm. But we're always also reminded that um, in general, food in Singapore, especially at hawker centers and all, is mm. still very much affordable. Uh. Um, so yeah, I mean, mm. not you know, it's not only just the consumers that worry about the cost of prices, but how about the the hawkers themselves? You know, hawkers or people who run these these uh, stalls, like how are they mm. managing the the rise in the prices of ingredients and and not you know not chasing away customers with increasing prices. So yeah, I thought it's a very timely study. So um, it's a it, and and again, I think you know it's one of those things that will also elicit a lot of uh, a lot of pride amongst different people, right? Mm. About, oh, this is I live here and this is what I, now I didn't know that my place was maybe the most expensive or the cheapest in Singapore. So it's definitely it's one of those things that everyone will read and mm. have an opinion about that. Yeah, how about you, man? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, I mean, I saw it and I also thought, hey, that's interesting. You know, you mm-hmm. want to look at the stalls like before the GST increase, after the GST yeah. increase, and somehow calculate the average price of a meal. I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Um, then yeah. I was looking at the numbers and all. Then I was then the question started percolating in my head. Like, like what? Mm. What is an average breakfast meal? What is an average lunch meal? Mm. What is an average dinner meal? And the articles, some of them went into detail, but again, as all with all these research papers, it's so fucking hard to find the actual link to yeah. the paper in all these articles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get how maybe, like, uh, people might not want to trawl through a 180-page report, mm. uh, but there are podcasters out there that need to do podcasts about these kind of topics. Yeah. So, can you make our lives easier? So, Kudos to the IPS on their Twitter account. They had a link to the study, mm. but none of the other articles had links to the study. Yeah, but I have to say that uh, it's not easy read, la, The study. Right? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Even the way the data is presented, like I found myself yeah. going back to the news article to look at the graphics and everything, as opposed to referring directly to the to the paper itself. Because the paper is just words and words and words and words. And yeah, you would imagine like in this day, <laughs> yeah, this day of food porn and Instagram food porn and everything, we'd have like pictures or whatever they're talking about. But no, there's not a single picture, man. It's all words. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> and yeah. then it made me think of like the COVID report last week. You know when we were complaining about the childish <laughs> graphics, I almost prefer the childish graphics. Yeah, this one is yeah. like. It's a 180-page report on food and like kopi and nasi lemak mm, and all, mm. but not but, even a single picture of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but to be fair, this is a research paper from the from the IPS, right? It's not it's True not a, a white paper that was meant communication between the government and and uh, the the pop the general population, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True lah. True, true, true. But but true. I would and say I mean, that this might have a. It might have a bigger impact on your day-to-day life than the COVID white paper itself, right? Uh, yeah, because this one gets gets down to the specifics, man. Yeah. It gets yeah, down I, to a lot of specifics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did learn some things about, about you know, what I should or shouldn't order next time when I go to a, a hawker center or so. Yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's all we can I know that the discuss, Ice Milo has the, has the highest relative increase in price, like Ice Milo. Yeah, and Ice Milo is such a, it's a, quite a staple for me. You know, I like to drink Ice Milo a lot. And just seeing yeah. that of all the basket of drinks that they talked about, it's the most expensive as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just something to consider next time you go to a Kopitiam. Yeah. So yeah. so just to talk a little bit about the framework of what they use, because yeah, once mm. you go into the paper, you just get a loss. Mm. So what they did was um, in late 2022, um, I think it was from... July to September 2022, they visited eight September and November 2022. They mm. they visited 829 food establishments, mm. and the establishments are either a food court, a coffee shop, which is and a hawker center. And a coffee shop is one of those like it's near um like a house HDB block or something. Hawker center is like a huge ass like Maxwell or Old Airport Road mm. So mm. then um in 2023. Uh, they revisited the establishments, um, and this is okay. This was one of the things that I found eh, a bit weird. September to November twenty twenty two, you visit eight hundred twenty nine food establishments. This year, you visited fifty la, and they cited that there were constraints of manpower and time la. But mm. it was still two hundred sixty three individual stalls. So um, I think the assumption is that it's still a big enough pool. Mm. Um, and then um, essentially the 
the the way the meals were calculated, there were 18, 18 items. La. I think 18 commonly purchased items. So amongst the drinks was Copio, Kopi, Ice Milo, canned drinks and lime juice. Breakfast was a couple of dishes across like every major uh, cuisine. La. So mm. you get your chicken biryani, you get your nasi lemak, you get your wonton noodles and um, western chicken chop. La. Mm-hmm. And then prata. So, so if I, I mean, from what I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, basically what they did was they uh, looked at the different uh, meal combinations for every meal. Uh. So mm-hmm. for breakfast would be uh, kopi and sliced bread and egg and all that. And then they paired the cheapest option. Uh, I think each option, they looked at three options where appropriate. Um, the cheapest price for the drink and the cheapest price for the meal. And that became the cheapest meal price. Mm. And then the most expensive meal was like that. And then they took an average. Mm. Yeah. So so sometimes I think like when, when I look on Reddit and you know, a lot of people, there there is a lot of negative comments about the survey, but sometimes I think it's based on the articles which summarize it a little too much. So mm. without context. Mm. What, what are the uh, negative comments that you see about the article or uh, at least about the survey? Yeah, I, I think they were saying that you are go, looking at the lowest uh, items and the cheapest. I mean, the most expensive for these, but mm. uh, for, for those items, but everywhere else for the other items, they also increase. La, so you cannot mm. negate that. La. Mm. Um, mm. Then there was another comment on other comments, which is something the study also acknowledged that it did not take into account the quantity of food. Mm. Mm. Yeah, maybe the ice milo cups are small, way smaller, So, mm. uh, but it still increased a bit. Yeah. Um, and then I think like um, there were quite a few complaints about the infographics like, which I think was done by not by the Institute of uh, Policy Studies it was done by the newspapers mm. Mm. Uh, there was one with a bar chart that showed the different prices and one thing I saw online I was like hey what the fuck is the point of the bar charts all the bars same length right? huh? <laughs> I can't even tell the difference but in some way that might be what they want to communicate that across mm. all the meals across most of Singapore, the prices are not too different. Mm, mm, that's yeah. Right. So, so, yeah. The, so, any anything else about the process that stood out to you? Uh, I mean, yeah. If you really look at the paper, it's a very long paper, very comprehensive. Mm. Uh, and I think there's also the the point that uh, you know, these food stalls also come and go, Right. Mm. So even in the follow up, I think in the follow up visits, some food stalls are not even there anymore. That's why they they might not be able to get uh, look at the same number of the same number of food stores or so la. Um, mm-hmm. I think also they they very specifically for Bukit Timah, they also excluded Bukit Timah because it wasn't statistically significant because there are just not that many kopitiams and 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 hawker centers in Bukit Timah apparently, uh, mm. given the kind of area it is like like a more atas area la, right. Mm. So yeah, Bukit Timah. Uh, on paper it looks. Cheaper, but at the same time, it's just there aren't just there just aren't a lot of options at all, right? So that's mm. just something to take note of, yeah. But uh, I have to say, like, uh, this is really quite an interesting survey, right? Mm. Uh, in the sense that I I would imagine, like, even as the researcher having to go around or, or the whatever the the you know the students that they hire to do this, uh, having to go around and just check out prices at hawker centers, it probably is probably a couple of interesting things that you learn about the price of food uh, relative to uh, relatively in Singapore uh, compared between between areas as well between types of food and between meals as well uh, right the stuff mm. that you eat uh, generally for breakfast lunch and dinner but for you personally were there any particular surprises I already mentioned like for me ice milo uh, right knowing that ice mm. milo is so expensive and the, the one that also they raise the prices on the most uh, that, that makes me think twice about eating drinking ice milo but for you was there anything Mm, I think how apparently consistent the prices are across uh, most places in Singapore. Like, and mm-hmm. I mean, they break it down into central, northeast, west, east, um, and north. Mm. So you get the places like um, Novena, um, Bishan, but you also get like Bukit Panjang, you get Yishun. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, generally the prices uh, don't vary that much, which is where I was like, hey, really? Yeah. Um, mm. because I mean, even in where I used to stay last time, Tampines and where I stay now, you get certain, uh, coffee shops that are really a lot cheaper, like ridiculously. I don't even know how they're surviving mm. kind of cheap. 
And then some is like, oh, okay, you can feel like this is the the fusion kind of hawker center. Like, you know, you got like uh, tacos at a hawker center. And I'm like, hey, yeah. shit. So, I mean, I know they also explain how they selected this and which estates they selected. But that was what stuck out to me. It was like, hey, really not that much variation. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. I was surprised by that. Yeah. I think one thing that, that uh, also stuck, stuck out to me about prices was that, uh, you know, you usually think that that um, hawker center is the cheapest, then mm. followed by your neighborhood kopitiam, and then your, the air-conditioned food court, lah, right? But apparently you, for certain it, mm. for certain dishes, it's not the case. Lah. So, um, for example, for chicken rice and, and economic rice, right? Which is like mm. the the two uh, two veg two vegetables one meat kind of rice the cai peng la. yeah. it's actually cheaper in kopitiams it means those kopitiams that you find at estates downstairs and that kind of thing coffee shop uh. kopitiam is like the food court or that oh yeah sorry that, not the kopitiam yeah, food court shop, I mean like coffee, coffee shops shop. uh, yeah coffee shops uh, coffee shop yeah. uh, colloquially known as kopitiams yeah coffee shops and then followed by hawker centers and then food courts that means yeah sometimes you can actually get a cheaper uh, plate of chicken rice in your neighborhood Kopitiam compared to a large hawker center. So, mm. um, yeah, that's a, I guess that's one of those like kind of useless life hacks that in Singapore. La, that, actually, uh, just to, just so that in case you want to eat chicken rice. La, yeah. Actually, that one, that one uh, wasn't surprising to me, partly because like, I mean, at my house, there's old airport road center, right? Food mm. center. And like, if you look at those and, what I've also noticed is for the big hawker centers, they mm. tend to be at places where there's a lot of footfall or like malls or interchanges. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think the demand for rent there will probably be higher. So the higher prices, uh, for me, like, at least based on experience, even like the the amazing Chai Peng near our office, that is mm. considered a coffee shop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so that one, I think I was like, oh, I, I think it just says a lot more that now hawker centers are almost like Getting more, what is it, touristy? But you know, for a while, Newton Circus was like, oh, the prices there confirm expensive. I think now most hawker centers are like that, yeah. No, no, no. But I think you're 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 missing the nuance in that. In that, hawker centers are still cheaper than most kopitiams, for for most most coffee things. shop. Yeah, okay, coffee you're shops. Getting, you're getting me confused. Hawker centers are still cheaper than most coffee shops, for for most oh, things. Is it? But it's the specific oh, dishes: chicken rice and and economic rice that can be cheaper at kopitiams than hawker centers. Then, yeah. Coffee shops. Yes, yes. Dude, coffee shops. Coffee fine, shop. coffee shops. <laughs> fine, fine. Right. Let's go international. Yes, coffee shops. That means ah, chicken rice okay. and, and point point rice specifically can be cheaper oh, you're at saying, kopitiams mm. than hawker centers. Yeah. So Dude, that's what's surprising a, to me. Like, yeah. Mm-mm. I just want to say in one minute, you said kopitiam three times after I told you, please take coffee shops because it's confusing me. Yeah, yeah, we always have to, yeah, we always have to uh, make room for the lowest common denominator. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> Someone who cannot understand that Kopitiam does not refer to that air-conditioned Kopitiam. How uh, you know? Brand How you know? Coffee yeah, shop, yeah, yeah. coffee shop. Uh. That's right. Oh, okay, okay, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. So if you want mm. chicken rice, sometimes going to your neighborhood uh, coffee shop, Yes, will be cheaper than going to a hawker center. I, 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 I guess it's maybe it's because, um, yeah, I don't know chicken rice in hawker centers. Actually, I, yeah, I don't. I, I know it's it's kind of strange why that's the case. Maybe because chicken mm. rice really is seen as like a a staple, a staple mm. that that is has to be provided. There's a lot. There's a lot more uh, volume that's sold. So when it's in the kopitiam, they can actually you know price it at a price that. Everybody in the neighborhood wants to eat there, lah. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. I right. see. So that that was one of the things that, and I've given up. Like, you want to use kopitiam, you just use kopitiam, lah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why don't we use kopitiam to to as as per the article, as per the as per the research article as well, lah. Fine, Terence. Yeah. Fine. They fine, differentiate fine, food kopitiam. courts and kopitiams because they don't <laughs> they don't care about their brand kopitiam. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I guess the other thing also, prata is apparently very cheap. Prata's cheap, uh, relatively. But Prata's cheaper in the West. Mm, in the West. Right, yeah, in the yeah, West, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one also, like, I mean, I, I've no idea why. Uh, I've never lived in the West. I've only mm. been, like, in the East uh, mm. or Far East my whole life. Mm. Uh, for you? Uh, yeah, in the Central, central area. Mm. 
yeah. Northish, no central. Yeah, but I guess the other interesting thing is also because we went to uh, we went to school at RI, right? Yeah, in Bishan. Uh, yeah. Now seeing that Bishan apparently is the most expensive uh, place in Singapore la, for in terms of hawker food and all, does that surprise you? Mm, little bit lah, little bit. Because this one they did say, oh, they didn't really take the CBD lah, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think they... They, they didn't really the CBD, take the CBD. Yeah. They take the more... Re- oh, because one criteria for selecting the residential areas was the population of residents. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was one one reason. Um, yeah, so I mean, Bisha, no, don't think it surprises me. Lah. Don't think it surprises me. Mm. I, I guess the only thing is because there's so many schools around there and we went to school mm. there as well. So I would have thought, oh, okay, this, so it might be a bit more favorable because there's students, lah, right? But yeah. I guess not. I guess, uh, but yeah, it's not. I mean, people are out for the the student dollar, right? But but overall, like, do you so you see this survey as valuable? Uh, because initially, I was like, hey, this is valuable. Then I saw the chatter online, the feedback. I was like, hmm, hmm. Does the does the issues here and there about the method of calculation or like that uh, derail its its importance or effectiveness or thought provokingness? Um. In what sense? Like, I, this is something you read I mean, or is your, like, okay, your you own know, conclusion about it? No, so I'm, I'm still formulating my own conclusion because mm-hmm. if when it comes to like the deciding of the meals, right, did, mm. that, did that strike you as like, hey, isn't that overly simplistic? Oh, you mean the, the basket of food and drinks yeah. that they chose? Um, I, I guess it's, you can criticize it for being simplistic, but at the same time, there are certain parameters they have to set for the survey, right? It can't be, mm. not everything can, can, it can't be customized to, or which tastes better, or what's, what's the, what's the purple rating for, for this store, or anything like that, right? Mm. Uh, I guess they just have to try and, um, you know, open it up a little bit, and there will be a lot of discrepancies in terms of like, uh, like what you said, lah. Like it's a cup. It's an ice milo cup bigger than a, a copio cup, lah. Right, mm. and then there will be things like that. But I, I guess what they're trying to do is just do a broad understanding of food prices, uh, in places where where people where people actually dine out the most, lah. And, yeah, and if anything, yeah. like what what you said, the fact that the prices are not that different between between places, kind of tells you that yeah, they it's it's there's really not much um. Uh, you, you can't really uh, arbitrage it or anything like that, like, right? Like, oh, yeah. I, I live here and if I eat here, I'll save a lot more money or anything like that. There's no such there's no such strategy you can do. Yeah, I mean, I know people now, they choose houses based on their kids' schools, right? But can yeah. you imagine like, yeah, we move house because the chicken rice here is <laughs> is the most cost-effective chicken rice yeah. Uh, yeah. in Singapore, like, including the price of kopi. Yeah. No, I think I think like like what you said, like, I agree that there, beyond a certain, there has to be some parameters. Like, there's mm. no study that will ever be perfect. Um, I mm. think where maybe people can get thrown off is that if they read just the article and then mm. they start shitting on the study, because mm. you can argue about the way they group uh, the food, different food items to make meals, but they have entire sections mm. devoted to each meal, each food item. Yeah. There's like an entire section on kopi, you know. Yeah. There's a kopi section, there's a chicken rice section. Mm. So for example, I'm looking at the chicken rice section now. They even say, okay, the average price for chicken rice across all neighborhoods was mm. three eighty, mm. ranging from two dollars to seven eighty. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then hawker centers and uh kopitiams, okay, kopitiams, because mm. that's what them report says. Also, um, had similar average prices, and then they go down into like the most common price across hawker centers, food centers, kopitiams, and then they go into the regions. So when you see this, you're like, oh shit! Uh, them grouping the meal together was just to give some sort of indication that. If you wanted to have a meal at a hawker center of Kopitiam or food court or coffee shop, mm. this is an indicative price. La. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think it's an indicative price. You, you made a good point uh, that um, a lot of the articles uh, that are out there, they're just really focusing on the differences in price between places and different t- between food. But if you really read the PDF of the research paper itself, the conclusion, which is only about, uh, yeah, like two pages, la, the conclusion really, they even talk about the what the median income 
of a you know a university graduate is versus a, a diploma holder versus a, a O level uh, someone with only O level O level certification and everything lah. Um, yeah, so they they actually the conclusion is that cost of cost of living is rising, and uh, relative especially relative our household incomes. So the the they end off by saying the hope is that real wages will increase at similar rates. If not, individuals and households will face higher food costs. So mm. um, while hawker center, while hawker culture in Singapore is an essential and convenient source of hot, delicious meals for Singaporeans, it may no longer be able to remain as cheap relative to other meal options given the changes in the economic environment. So, well, you know, it's quite a somber conclusion. From this uh, mm. very very exciting uh, excite- exciting debate about food prices across Singapore, right? The point yeah. is that we're not uh, food prices are going up, and we cannot hope we cannot rely on them to be low forever, right? Uh, especially the price of food, hawker centers, mm. and uh, if yeah, if if not, if our real wages don't rise, like uh, it's gonna get more painful to go and eat out, eat out even at the cheapest places in Singapore, lah. But then, okay, so just based off that, right, um, do you think then that it is the responsibility of these media outlets to make sure that this does not, whatever they publish, does not trivialize the fact that people are feeling the price hike? Mm. And I mean, when I look at the study, when I look at the reports, in some way, it's almost trying to tell me, yo, you know, like, don't worry, across Singapore, uh, the prices are fairly consistent. Um, most of them did not increase their uh, prices. So it's almost like very subtly saying, just calm down. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where there's a lot of backlash. Like, because then, uh, I mean, okay, if you just trawl the comments on the forums, and you know, a lot of them are asking, what is the point of this survey? Is it to tell us that we are being irrational for thinking that prices are increasing? Because when you mm-hmm. read the articles, right, that's the message I got. Like, mm-hmm. That, Prices are consistent, you know, most of them did not increase their price. Then I'm also thinking like, uh, yeah, but then am I just delusional? Is it things are not getting more expensive? But if you read the study, it communicates something different. Like, like even that, that that conclusion that you mentioned just now mm. is mm. not really focused on most of the articles. Yeah. Focused so yeah, by I the think most the, articles, the right? newspaper, the media jumped on it like a lifestyle kind of article, right? Ah where yes, you about, correct. Where you talk about well, where's to get the cheapest food in Singapore? That kind of thing. That feels yeah. like a honeycombers article or timeout article, as opposed to what the study is about. It's about the high, the rising cost of food, uh, in Singapore and how relative to our, you know, the 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 rising cost of living and everything. What what's the future look like? Uh? and and even for yeah, the livelihoods of hawkers as well. How that how it would affect them? Uh? so yeah, yeah, I think you're right in some ways. Um, the I think the media could have picked up on that point uh, a lot more and made that a bigger part of the the general th- thrust of the article. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that's why I wonder how, like, um, the, what you might call it, uh, this, the researchers themselves feel, like, because literally the Straits Times article is Prata is cheaper in the West while Kopi is cheaper in Central Singapore, IPS study. And then the subheader is Sorry, Bishan residents, you have the most expensive breakfast at 9.50. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the fucking point, man. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? And, I mean, there's even a Today article that says, um, it is, uh, like, on their hashtag trending series, Singapore netizens say cost of eating out has risen, disagree with findings of food prices survey. Mm-hmm. So then, it becomes like, uh, yeah, then, that's where it feels like this survey could be taken... Uh, or seen differently because my feeling after I read the report is different from my feeling after I read the articles. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, and then that's the thing, right? I mean, the report is the report, lah, right? It's an actual yeah. survey. They had to set parameters. You can't. Uh, I mean, you can claim that they have some political agenda to it, but they, I mean, you look at the methodology. It it look it looks solid, lah, right? They really put in the mm. the time and effort to to try and do it properly. Um, but how it's interpreted is a uh, that's the 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 part that's up for debate, lah, right? Like how the media decides yeah. to report it all, and then yeah, now they've reported it more like a lifestyle kind of article than as opposed to a, oh, this is the cost of living in Singapore now kind of article, lah. Yeah, exactly. In fact, one of the more how you say a neutral articles I read was on the online citizen. Mm. 
Mm. They actually gave a bit more details on okay how it was how the data was collected, um, and it wasn't like sexied up lah, you know. Mm. Um, and yeah, so they even uh, explicitly say you know um, study aim at better understanding the cost of living does not provide any value judgment on the pricing strategy. I was like, oh, then I look at the articles by the other publications. I mean, the Straits Times one was the one that was like, oh la yeah, it really feels like a lifestyle article. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it, like that's the stuff that that a lot of people gravitate towards, uh, right? Like readers, you know, it's the kind of thing. Oh yeah, my, I live here, and this my place has the most expensive food in Singapore. Versus, oh, I didn't know other places had less expensive food. Blah blah. blah. So I mean, generally, lifestyle articles get a lot of clicks because of those reasons, uh, right? Yeah. So it's about the clicks, is it, Terence? It's a clickbait. It's I mean, a clickbait. You know, I guess. Yeah, maybe they should have it just included more details inside the article itself, lah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least uh, CNA and today, I think they included excerpts of the limitations of the study, mm. and um, at least felt a little more substantial, lah. Whereas, yeah, hmm, hmm, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So I think I think that's where it gets a little tricky. You have these these studies which are interesting, mm. but then when you read the media and like, yeah, generally, I would say at least the ones I found the re- response hasn't been positive. Mm. Mm, I see. Mm-mm-mm. Interesting. Interesting. See, yeah. So yeah. it's it's one of those situations where you think that uh yeah everything is done and and with good intentions and everyone should be happy or glad that that's, that this is even done, but no, it's not always the case, lah. Right? You gotta you gotta package it, man. You gotta package it, guys. Yeah, you gotta package it. Which actually is a is a is a. I was trying to do a segue to our second, our second mm, topic. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, can, can. <laughs> Which is also go on, about go on. something that you know, on the surface, ostensibly, it looks like a very happy occasion for what well, it should be a happy, very happy occasion for for Asians, for women, especially for the country of Malaysia. But mm. no, man, not everyone is happy about it. Uh. And what is this thing that happened? Um. So there's been a, there's been a slew of Malaysian uh political leaders uh, and the government leaders coming out and, you know, just uh, being so uh, congratulatory to Michelle Yeoh and saying, you know, it's a, I think the PPM, uh, Anwar Ibrahim said, the government of Malaysia joins the nation in expressing warm congratulations to Yeoh for this significant achievement. She's created history um, and basically a lot of Malaysian pride. Mm, mm. A lot of Malaysian pride pride um like like michelle Ch- michelle yo is like the 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 the, the icon of malaysia mm. and that her illustrious and exemplary career in this field will certainly continue to be a source of great inspiration and motivation to our homegrown actors and actresses and provide even greater impetus to the growth of our local industry that was by anwar ibrahim mm. so yeah and a lot of people have jumped on that bandwagon but then commentators, the internet and all just said that, oh, this is not hypocritical. What did Malaysia have to do with Michelle Yeoh's success? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. So, 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 I mean, it was interesting. La. I mean, we've had our fair share of, uh, and I say we as in Singapore, debates about like Joseph Schooling, for example, who left mm-hmm. Singapore to go train and study in the US. So, what do you think? Uh? What, what well, what do you think of that argument? I mean, we can dive into like Michelle Yeoh's biography and all, but mm, mm. Uh, at the top of your head, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the, a lot of people would associate Michelle Yeoh more with like Hong Kong's Hong Kong cinema than Malaysian mm. cinema per se. Because since the, I think, 80s, 90s, she was already an action star there. And then from there, she catapulted into the global stage by being becoming a Bond girl, right? Mm. Uh, alongside Pierce Brosnan and Tomorrow Never Dies. I remember those days, it was like, it really jumped out, like, as a, it's quite a big deal, uh, right? That uh, an Asian star was becoming a Bond girl. Uh, quite, I think it was a, it was a very big deal back then, as, as is winning an Oscar now. But, mm. yeah, Michelle Yeoh has, has broken through glass ceiling after glass ceiling. Uh, and, mm. uh, but it really wasn't from her home base in Malaysia. But that's it, you know. She 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 does. She's always, um, she's never shied away from her ties with Malaysia, right? Mm. And uh, we don't have to go deep into her biography or anything like that. And like that, but I I think like even just a cursory search years ago, she was 
involved in a bit of controversy when she actually uh, publicly came out in support of uh, Najib, uh, PM Najib, the ex-PM mm. of Malaysia, Najib, who mm. now is, you know, serving time in jail for, for uh, I think, his for 1MDB and everything, his involvement in 1MDB and all that, right? But back mm. then, I think like seven, eight years ago, she was like seen in public uh, at at an event by that featured Najib, lah, right? That means it was it looked like it was in support of Najib as well. Yeah. So she's not without her, her controversy with regards to Malaysia, but she's never disavowed Malaysia or anything like that, lah, right? In that mm. sense. So, uh, can you uh, should should there should people should people from Malaysia not be allowed to celebrate her achievements? No, I, I think she's still Malaysian through and through. And uh, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Huh? But what do you think like, when you saw this? Um, I think it was more about the institutions claiming credit for Michelle Yola. Mm. It's like, okay, you know, I remember when Joseph Schooling uh, won the gold medal. Mm. Uh, I remember the time I was where I was when watching the race and like, I was fucking happy. I, sh- I was screaming and I could hear other people in the block screaming. I think generally everyone in Singapore was like fucking happy lah. Mm. Um, and that didn't get any backlash. I think it's when certain like brands, or I remember the photo with Singapore Airlines where he was at the back. Um, <laughs> then it, you remember that photo? Yeah, yeah Like yeah, he yeah. arrived and then, uh, yeah, so that's when it felt like, oh, for these institutions and organizations and companies to kind of really jump on the bandwagon, that one felt a bit like, mm, really? Especially like the Singapore Swimming Association, which mm. has, has its own fair share of um, criticism from the swimmers. Mm. So this one, I think, is more against the the leaders of Malaysia kind of being all congratulatory now. Because, mm. yeah, like, you know, you said that she never shied away from being Malaysian. Um, yeah, in my mind, I've always known her as Malaysian. Whereas someone like Jimmy Chu, who I just found out today is Malaysian, mm. I never fucking knew. Mm. Mm. You know? Mm. Um, so to her credit, yeah, she's never shied away from that. But I think it's also uh, useful to just do a very quick sweep of her biography because mm. um, she was born in Malaysia in 1962 in Ipoh, uh, uh, which is in Perak. Uh, and she was there till uh, 15 when she moved to the UK with her parents. Um, in When she was 20, she won the Miss Malaysia World Contest. She mm. represented uh, Miss, Mal- uh, Miss Malaysia at the Miss World Pageant in 1983. Um, and then after that, she moved to Hong Kong um, around that time. And then after that, she was kind of based in Hong Kong. Mm. But she still has, her mom is still in Malaysia. There was a viewing party organized in Malaysia for the Oscars. She has family in Singapore. Mm. You know, she has two half-siblings in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Like one's a lawyer, one's a, a doctor, I think. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And then, since then, she's been in LA. She's uh like, um, like, I think now she's in, she lives in Geneva, Switzerland. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So when the leaders like are congratulatory, is there anything wrong with that? I don't know. It doesn't, I don't know the extent. Like, I know in Malaysia, the politicians is like a whole next level of criticism and flag that they always get. Like. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. I right. mean, it's, um, but it's a very common thing, like, right? Remember when Joseph Schooling suddenly was, uh, he was brought to parliament and then there was a standing ovation for him in parliament. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was brought to Parliament. He went to Parliament. Yeah, yeah. He was in Parliament, and then they yeah they gave him a standing ovation in Parliament itself, la. But yeah. that was still okay, right? No, no, I mean, my point is that yeah, la, There's always there's all this, all this. Every time when when something good Theatric, happens, yeah. there's all these theatrics, lah, right? That come with it. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's. I mean, it's just part of politics, lah, right? It's like it's like a politician hugging or kissing a baby. Is the equivalent, is the institutional equivalent, right? But then, okay, so then there was a difference. If let's say, let's say I was eating at a at a coffee shop, Joseph Schooling walks in, I will stand up and give him a standing ovation. Mm, mm. So, uh, so that one, how the why is that different from like like uh parliament or like a political leader or government leader just like just applauding lah? What is that feel not- different? You're not an institution who has anything to gain by by partic- in particular. By being associated with him, right? Mm. Um, whereas if you're an institution or even a politician or what, who, you know, is banking on popular support to keep your job, right? Things like that. Your job literally relies on, on people, uh, or, you know, uh, seeing that you are associated with, uh, you know, successful, uh, other successful country members and everything. 
then yeah, it, it makes a difference. It's like it's like why you would be pretty grossed out if, uh, I mean, it is kind of gross when all the brands suddenly jump on, jump on the uh, like uh, Joseph Schooling, jumped on Joseph Schooling and started to, to you know, uh, put out all these congratulatory messages that was uh, you know paid for by their brand and somehow trying to associate their brand with the, the very momentous occasion like, without having to pay Joseph Schooling for, for any any image rights or anything like that like, right. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's where it's, it's like when there's a ulterior motive to it, uh, then it's a bit annoying. Uh, yeah. So for you, I mean, I, I think you standing at a coffee shop <laughs> and clapping for, <laughs> at a coffee tiam and clapping for Joseph Schooling. Nobody's going to bat coffee eyelid. Shop. Yeah. Coffee shop. Coffee yeah. shop, dude. Coffee shop. Nobody's going to bat <laughs> eyelid. You're not going to get extra chicken in your chicken rice or anything like that because of, because of that. So do what, do it, like, do it. It's not an issue, but yeah, the moment that, there's any kind of incentive, you know, external incentive for you to 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 st- give a standing ovation to Joseph Schooling. Then, yeah, people will question it, no? Mm, yeah. mm. But then, in this case, if they are just offering congratulations, um, that one also, like, is it is it wrong, la? Like, okay, so you know, like, let let's say an organization. I don't know whether the swimming organization in Singapore did this, so I won't I won't use that as an example. But let's say there was an organization that said, you know, we yeah, we played a pivotal role in Joseph Schooling's um early years. Uh, mm. Um like I think right now there are the the it seems like when the politicians say, you know, like it's just it's just inspiration to the the film and TV industry of Malaysia that people can achieve. I think a lot of people are saying, yo man, you have clamped down on so many of our movies and TV shows. Uh, the industry is still not as mature as it could be. It's still very hard. So why does the government make it seem like they're doing all they can to create future Michelle Yeohs? Mm-hmm. I think that's where that's where maybe some of the the sentiments come from, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. you you can see that there is some criticism from independent filmmakers who feel like the Malaysian authorities don't support them enough, lah. Right. Mm. Um, yeah, 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 and yeah, like, we don't know the, the exact details of of what support they have there, but I can commiserate with that as well, like, right? When you feel like, uh, yeah, in our downtimes we didn't get any help, and then now that something good has happened, suddenly, uh, you're jumping all over, jumping all over, you know, jumping through hoops to congratulate me and everything, like, right? So I can yeah, get a sentiment, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure the the most important person to ask is probably Michelle Yeoh herself, like, right? If this is an mm. issue, if she feels angry about it or doesn't want to, doesn't want to be celebrated as a Malaysian, but if she's she's okay with it, then like why why should anyone be unhappy on her behalf, la, Right. But Terence, isn't it the way of the game these days? What? Everyone has a right to get angry on everyone else's behalf. Yeah, la, that's, that's the currency why, of the world today, Terence. It is, and that's what we're trying to move away from, right? You know, like our, our brains well, haven't evolved. This- <laughs> If you haven't evolved to understand what carrying a camera around you at all times and being able to film people and put them online where millions of people have access to it. We, our brains haven't processed that yet. Evolution isn't caught up with social media yet. La. That's why we're struggling to, to find a, a healthy medium between sharing and, and oversharing, la, if anything. Yeah, la, yeah, la. yeah. But this is also coming from the person who in the last podcast told me that if I'm ever arguing with uh, my wife or someone in public... Everyone, anyone else should come up to us and ask us where NTUC is. Mm, Correct. Mm, mm. Just getting up on our business, in our business, mm. and getting angry on our behalf, like, right, Terrence? No, yeah, but you never, you, you don't go in with the phone. That's the most important thing. You just go in person. <laughs> you just show your face, <laughs> big eyes and all, and just ask, where's the NTUC? Uh? <laughs> where's the NTUC? Where's the NTUC? Maybe yeah, even no in parliament, you know, anytime they're, yeah. They're like screwing one of the politicians and other politicians. Excuse me, um, <laughs> I need, after this, I need to get some apples. Uh. Where's the NTC? Yeah. Uh? Exactly, exactly. Oh, fucking peace. Peace in parliament. Where's the NTC? Yeah, where? <laughs> yeah, this one. Yo, NTC. Yeah. Let's, let's work out a partnership, man. Where's NTC? You can save, yeah. you can save like, uh, 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 what is, maybe even lives, but you can mm. save like, you know, arguments, emotional yeah. trauma. Yeah. Where's NTUC? Hashtag yeah. where's NTUC? So I, I can foresee some arguments going about uh, about the movie that Michelle Yeoh won for. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. You know, there's some people who like it, some people who don't like it that much. Uh, yeah. And then if you see the argument breaking out, you just step in and say, where's the NTUC? And then people yeah. stop arguing. <laughs> where's right? the NTUC? <laughs> no, but you know, on that, right, like, I also realized yesterday, I think that 
um, there was a Bollywood song that was performed at the Academy Awards. Mm. Um, and the best original song went to a song from a Bollywood movie, mm. which is great. Mm. But I won't deny that there's a part of me that thinks, huh, is this just the Oscars trying to go the complete opposite direction mm. and being so, con- like, um, so sucking up to the minorities that they're like, okay, this year, we give you everything. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to, to wrap my head around it. I haven't seen everything everywhere mm. all at once. Mm. I want to see it. Mm. I'm managing my expectations. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm just quite uh, appalled that you didn't ask for my opinion as a person of color about how <laughs> I feel about how I feel about Michelle Yeoh's historic achievement for, okay, for please, Asians. Please, Terrence, <laughs> please tell me. As a person of color, uh tell me what you felt when you found out she won. Uh I mean if, if anybody listening to this uh if you know the dynamic of what we're talking about, like like between Harish and myself, uh ah. yeah, we I think we we are in agreement that yeah, you know, it's yeah, I am in agreement with Harish also a bit. Yeah, the whole thing about Oscars, um it feels feels like a complete switch from remember when when the whole Oscars so white. Yeah, thing, that's right. <laughs> like it went the opposite. This is like the hundred and eighty degree turn where suddenly everything is about diversity and, and cultural, you know, and, and all that. And and you uh, just kinda of takes away from the wind a little bit when, when you start thinking, Oh, is that is it because of some you know, diversity quota that they're trying to meet in terms of having Oscars win. But, but that's it. That's it. Um, you know, for example, Parasite won the Oscar previously, right? And, and yeah. Parasite was really like, really awesome movie, like, right? I think almost mm. unanimously awesome. Yeah. yeah. Everything everywhere all at once was pretty good in my opinion. But, you know, was it like seven Oscars good? Yeah. It's another discussion, like, right? Yeah, mm. So it, it does make me question a little bit, like, like just like you, like yeah. But yeah. amongst all your fellow people of color, uh, you know, at your dinner table conversations, you know, um, I think I think a lot of people. Any... I think people in Singapore, a lot of people in Singapore are very. They actually uh, are very happy Michelle Yeoh won because she's mm. from a, you know from a neighboring country and everything, and it's a big yeah. deal, right? Global stage, Oscars, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on stage, can these kind of things are like stuff that people around the world talk about. Lah. So for Michelle Yeoh to reach this pinnacle, it's at 60 years old as well, no less. It's it's a big yeah. deal, lah, right? And yeah, so I mean, okay, lah, I mean, at the end of the day, don't be so cynical, just take it for what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, this whole Best Picture competition also, it's so, we, we all know how subjective the whole thing is as well, lah, right? So, so mm-hmm. why, why, why suddenly pretend like it's like this objective measure of, of accomplishment, lah, right? When it never was meant to be in the first place, lah. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. But now I think yeah, so so I mean I don't know, man. I'll watch the movie and save my judge uh, judgment. But like I mean to Michelle Yo, right, even if you mm. read her Wikipedia article, right, her life story is is pretty baller. Mm. Um mm. where she started and what she has achieved on a global scale, right? Mm. I mean even her title for Malaysia itself is Young Burbahagia Tansri Dato Sri Michelle Yo. Then um she got it's basically all like the like the equiv like the national honorary titles. Uh. Mm. Then she was the awarded the Darja Dato Paduka Mahakota Perak. Um the the just all this and she's the Legion Legion the the honor. What's the French the the French order? Officer uh, Legion, Legion Donor, yeah. Legion Donor, yeah. Yeah. So she's got all this and like wow it's it's crazy la, like what she has achieved. And yeah. Yeah, it's so I mean all kudos to her. Yeah. Um, she is legit. She is badass. Mm. But mm. yeah, just just a uh, interesting line. Interesting. Mm. Don't don't so cynical lah. Don't take away from this grand moment for people of color and everything. You know. <laughs> hey, you yourself said also, <laughs> you're feeling it. <laughs> I'm just seeing a little part of my brain. A little part of my brain. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But and I, also, yeah, like, I, I would say yeah. like like um in Southeast Asia like, right? We probably. Mm should celebrate this a lot more because it really is a someone from the region like, right born in the region yeah the, in the, the region. hood the crib yeah. you know as opposed to I mean not not saying there's any lesser or, or what like, right but but if it was an Asian American who won the award or what it would feel we, we feel a bit more distance between us and, and that Asian American experience like, right 
Yeah. So yeah, I, right. I think, yeah, it's still something worth celebrating. I mean, Michelle Yeoh, she speaks English, Malay, Cantonese, everything, you know, all languages that we use in the region as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be something we celebrate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the fact that she has family in Singapore, family in Malaysia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just it it does feel very close to home, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels much closer yeah, to home. Yeah. She was in Crazy Rich Asians, you know, everything playing. Okay, you just lost me, like, dude. You just yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> everything else before that was good. Um, the but I mean for her, right? She was in Crazy Rich Asians. She's in this. She's really like the icon of the Asian wave, la, in yeah. the West. Yeah, exactly. Oh, love it. She can probably walk up to anyone and say, you know what? Fuck you. Mm, mm. And people will be like, oh, thank you, Michelle Yeoh, for swearing in my face. Yeah. And uh, actually, one one thing we haven't talked about is you you pointed out to me what was the last uh, the last big winner at Oscars that had six <laughs> awards, right? And the yeah. fact that, that this this uh, Asian, or at least this, uh, you know, Malaysian uh, star in this picture that was featured mostly Asians and beat that that last mm. that picture in terms of the record for the most <laughs> wins recently what was that last movie with six Oscars uh? Uh, it's the 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 western hit Slumdog Millionaire <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Slum, was it Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire yeah, wasn't it the it wasn't it a similar situation for a whole uh, continent of people as well right India yeah, but it wasn't like the crazy rich South Asians like two years before uh, <laughs> that just like just just be- would had that same kind of vibe la. Like you know, it it felt like a little more or uh, organic la. And yeah, so wait, I which mean, one felt more organic? Which one felt more organic? No, it didn't. F- no, more more like okay, a gradual thing la. I know now I yeah. sound like a racist bigot, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm generally I'm still happy that Michelle Yeoh won. Uh, mm. like, I, and I think it's great that that now. I mean, no one bats an eyelid when you hear the word Singapore or Malaysia in the West, which is great. And mm. now mm. the fact that these people are winning awards is great. Even the Bollywood, uh, performance was awesome. Uh, the song that won best original song is awesome. It's just mm. for me, it's like, hmm, killer. Okay, just a uh, okay. I, I I hope it's sincere, like, and I hope next year it doesn't just go back to like, uh, okay, we've done our part, we've done our equivalent of racial harmony day in twenty twenty three. Mm. Now let's get back to business. <laughs> now, now a white person can can win the award. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think at the end of the day, like uh, even if this was just a sort of um, you know the life, it was almost equivalent to like a lifetime achievement award for Michelle Yeoh, right? Having done everything yeah, she's yeah, done, yeah, yeah. it's 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 very yeah. apt, uh, right? It's very apt, and you would want it, yeah, it for is, any. It is. Yeah, you would want it for any uh, legend of the screen or icon, regardless of whatever race they are, right? To have this, to yeah, be exactly, able to ride exactly. off into the sunset or retire very happily with, with this feather in the cap, right? It's like, um, I guess yeah, the equivalent exactly. is like, remember when the Lord of the Rings trilogy first was released? And then uh, mm. I think the, when the first movie came out, it was like everyone loved it, audiences loved it, critics loved it. But it was given no love at the Oscars, right? No love at all. Yeah, uh, correct, But correct. they waited until the full trilogy was out, the third movie was out. Then they awarded, uh, you know, Peter Jackson, the best director and everything, like, I believe. So it was almost yeah. like they, they knew that there were three movies and there's no point giving it at the first one and then setting up, like, unrealistic expectations for the second and third one. They were just, you know, at the end of everything, then you give the award, lah, right? Which is mm-hmm. uh, which is what has happened here for Michelle Yeoh. So yeah, happy for her lah. Yeah, and I mean in in terms of the other changes, the fact that Top Gun Maverick uh Maverick was vote, uh, nominated for Best Picture, I think that's actually mm. pretty cool lah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty. Cool. And I thought Jimmy Kimmel also did a good job with the opening monologue. Oh, I haven't I haven't seen it lah. But no controversy lah this time. No, nobody getting slapped or anything on stage. Lah. No, no. He threw some shade at Will Smith also very classily. <laughs> Uh, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Cool, 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 cool. So yes, yeah. Uh, again, with alongside the happy occasion, I'm sure you're winning. Is there a one short comment that you want to highlight? Uh one short comment for me was something from like a, a long time redditor, but then Ho uh, on mm. the the Yalabad episode three seven five. She 
She she commented that, oh, Terrence actually said yalla butt in this episode. Will y'all consider making and playing a sound bite every time one of y'all says yalla butt? Mm. Um, I don't think the a sound sound bite, but I think like, because even last weekend when uh, my wife and I went to Lao Pasar over on Saturday, we met someone, we met a listener uh, mm. and he was, he was so, so nice and he's, he's a fan and I think like, uh, I, I don't know how it came up, but he even said the ba 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 came up to oh, you and said it. Is it? No, we were talking first and he was just saying, oh, he loves the podcast and all and if you're listening now, shout out to you, that, that made my night. Uh, mm. But just, you know, he, I think that jingle, uh, that, that jingle, maybe at any time in, in future, like we, sh- uh, we should just, that's how we find out other Yalabad listeners. Like, wherever you are in the world, you shout Yala and then you wait for a ba 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 ba. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's an extension from the comment. It's not the comment itself. Mm. Uh, mm. But, but yeah, I, I think, and it just always tickles me knowing that I can't even remember how the hell we came up with that intro. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just off the cuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just just came up, but uh, mm. maybe like a super cut of Yala, but oh, but yeah. that one at some point in the future, like when AI, when AI, AI can reach that, AI has reached that level, correct? Right. <laughs> Pull out all the Yala buts in all our podcasts before. Mm. That's right. Yeah, so that was my one show, my one show, uh, comment. Uh, yeah, my one show comment was from Kosher Jellyfish on mm. uh, I think Yala but three seven four when we talked about the Pokemon cockroach that was discovered in Singapore. So mm. apparently, Kosher Jellyfish. Uh, is the cousin of the person, the entomologist who who found and who discovered and named the cockroach, and said they can link us up. So yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, it's pretty crazy that yeah, a listener of ours is related to one of the people that we talked about in the the podcast. But yeah, you know, it'd be awesome if we can also oh, sh- talk to the entomologist. I think there's a lot of curiosity about about uh about you know, who the people are and what the methodology was. And I literally was at the Natural History Museum last weekend. You know, I, I, I visited uh, for the first time in a while. And yeah, it's always it's such an awesome little place that, that that exists in such a far, the far reaches of Singapore that it's never that crowded, but it's always something interesting to see when I'm there. Yeah. Mm, so yeah, you know, yeah totally, be, man. Please. I think, yeah, yeah it, being linked up would be awesome. And uh, yeah, I think in this, you know, a lot of people are curious about about how this this uh, Singaporean cockroach was discovered, uh, and maybe it's something that we can also be proud of, like how Michelle Yeoh is from Malaysians. This Pokemon mm. cockroach is our equivalent, uh, right? Yeah. That's- <laughs> So we should have like billboards in Singapore just like uh, celebrating this Pokemon cockroach. Eh? We should, we should, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, totally, man. Please hook us up like uh like like well how on Reddit or like uh just DMs what will be, or anything, yeah. Uh, like we can just reply and yeah, yeah, yeah take yeah, it from there. Yeah, yeah. Take it from there. But cool. Yes. Cool. All right. And what about your one shook thing, man? Uh my one shook thing, I think uh is just the uh, the fact, I mean, The Last of Us, the TV series, I might have mentioned mm. it before, or I think Andy Chen mentioned it before as a one-shot thing. But uh, this past weekend, it was just, they just finished releasing all the episodes. And uh, yeah, I, I would say mm. it is, in terms of video game adaptations, probably one of the, the best ever. Uh, and, mm. and very, very, very well made for television. And I think all the, the performances, the actors and the, the actress, uh, Bella, what's her name? Bella, 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 what's her name? Bella Ramsey, right? I was going to say Bella Hadid. Not, yeah. yeah mm. But Bella Ramsey Bella Hadid, and, and Pedro Pascal, they were excellent in it. Mm. And yeah, you know, even if you never played the game, it's still a good watch. So highly recommended for everyone. The Last of Us. Yeah, I think, I think that's going to be my next show. Oh, yeah. The Last of Us. Oh, yes. What um, is your watch? Okay, my, my one sh- my one shook thing is, yeah, my one shook thing is this, another research paper that came from uh, University of Warwick mm. and it was, it was Warwick or Warwick? I think it's Warwick. Mm. Um, so the discovery or the, the, the finding that apparently, right, like apes deliberately spin themselves around to make themselves dizzy. Because mm. have mm. you seen, have you seen videos of like uh, gorillas like spinning around 
yeah. either on the ground or hanging from vines and spinning around. Yeah, apparently yeah. the I mean after this academic study, like videos of gorillas, chimpanzees, and orangutans, so it's not just them. Mm. Um, it, 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 they had enough evidence to suggest that they're doing this almost like for recreation and not a primal need, lah. Mm. So then mm. they said it's it, one reason could be to alter their mental state. So basically, to get high off dizziness, lah. Mm. And they said it it has implications because if these primates are doing it, maybe our earlier ancestors used to do it as well, and that eventually led the groundwork for like all the uh, hallucinogens and psychedelics and all. Mm. And I was like, oh shit, um, yeah. So they they on average they spin like one point five times per second. Mm. They use ropes and vines, and I like I've seen a lot of these videos on TikTok of like people imitating gorilla spinning just for the heck of it, like, But holy mm. shit, that was potentially a gorilla getting high. Mm. But I mean, once you got a small toddler and you observe the toddler as well, uh, you realize that, yeah, the, you know, toddlers and apes all like to spin. To, Similar. Yeah, they like to spin to just feel the, the feeling of highness. La. Yeah. Oh, so your kid does it also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think any, yeah, any parent with young kids, you would definitely recognize when you watch your kids and they just standing in the middle of the living room and just spinning around for for no reason other than just to feel dizzy for a bit. Uh. Did you and do that as fall, a kid? I'm sure, I'm sure you did that as a kid. Uh. I don't remember. Oh, you don't I remember. have no idea. You remember? You remember spinning? Uh? Yeah, I remember like the, you know, the sort of, it's a funny feeling, uh, right? Of like being very dizzy and everything. And uh, generally, you remember doing generally that when you were young? Harmless, uh. Generally quite harmless. You know how in university orientations and all that, all these like uh, games that they make you play where you where you have to spin, yeah. you put your you know put your finger on the floor and then spin around it and things like that. Yeah, and after that you got to complete tasks, isn't that? Didn't you do all of that like in JC or? Oh, I did that, or? but that was not that was not toddler lah. Oh, uh, okay. you're saying you remember your toddler times where you used oh, to no, spin? No, 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 I don't remember. I don't remember. No, I remember <laughs> being a kid. I remember being a kid, and yeah, and you enjoy the sensation of whether it's being spun around by someone or spinning around yourself, like Yeah, I do remember. Okay, yeah. spun around. I mean, I don't remember enjoying it to that that uh, specificity, la. But uh, I actually wow, now I can see like yeah. you must be fun at parties, uh, then. <laughs> You tell me, you remember your stuff when you're like you're three years old, la. All I no, remember no, no, is like no, no, pooping no. through a couch. Uh, uh, yeah. Once I pooped through a couch, uh, and that was one of the earliest memories I have, la. I don't know why the fuck I remember that. Mm. Um, mm. but I don't remember spinning like uh uh an eight. I'm I'm fun, okay? Anyone listening thinking I'm not fun? I'm fun, okay? I'm a fun guy. I'm a f- I'm a I'm a delight to yeah. be around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Just make sure that you speak at twice your normal pace when you talk to Harish lah. Because he doesn't have the patience to listen to you speaking at your normal pace. <laughs> eh, eh, face to face different from podcast, uh, huh? Terence, face to face different from podcast. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm a good listener. I'm I'm a fun and good listener. Yeah, yeah. But yes, uh, you know, <laughs> I think yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. Uh, a good reminder to put out there: Harish is a fun, fun, fun guy. Yes, around, yeah. I'm a fun. I'm a fun person. You will. Around, yes. He will tell you about interesting. Articles about like spinning apes that he read about uh, on the internet as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of shock things that will never stop coming from my mouth. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Cool. Sweet. All right. As yeah. always, we'll put a link to everything in the show notes, including the IPS study, mm. so you don't have to go looking around. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. such a headache to find, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And we'll talk to y'all soon.